and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode 17. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, my What's God. up, gentlemen? Damn, we're, we're getting up there. 17. Yeah. This thing can almost uh, vote. Yeah, this thing can almost, almost vote. vote. Yeah. Next week. It's getting close. I mean, we've done 30 episodes. All those other ones we had to throw away. <laughs> <laughs> can almost run for pre- Never mind. I no, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you guys, well, what is on the bench? Dan, what's on your bench? <laughs> well, <laughs> what's on my bench? I finished that monster desk. That thing but there looks- are two other parts to go Dope. with it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's. it's I have to massive. interrupt you as well. That thing is incredible. It's thank so you. cool. Incredible. Very, very happy with it. I wish people could see it in person because the pictures, the videos, they just don't do it justice. It's. Yeah. I think it's one of my best pieces ever. You sitting on it with that big grin on your face is <laughs> more than enough for me. <laughs> my clients were worried that it was going to sag. I'm like, ah, uh, nope, not going to sag. <laughs> That's why. Was that, I yeah, was that also to like there. prove people wrong on Instagram? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you it's one of my favorite things to do. Dan wagging his finger and the, <laughs> just, just holding it back. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, that's finished. It's sitting in my living room where it's going to sit until I get the two other parts to go with it finished. I'm going to put kind of like bookcases on either side. Mm -hmm. Uh, One side is going to have legs like the desk because the client wants it open. And the other side is going to have drawers plus shelves. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be 14 feet long overall. Crazy. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And then uh, I went to a client's house yesterday. I, I talked to them about... Uh, like three projects he wants. He wants to widen a bathroom door, so I'm gonna have to do that on site. He want he wanted to wide a, widen a second bathroom door, but only about an inch and a half. Which I told him, all we have to do is remove the door and put a barnwood door on it, like a sliding barnwood mm-hmm. door. And he's like, "Oh, that's a great idea!" So I'm gonna do that. Nice. So I'm gonna have to talk to our friends at Bear Hollow about getting some uh, hardware for that. I think nice, mm-hmm. or at least uh, go to their website and pick up some. And what else did he want? Oh, he wants me to build a big hutch to put in there, like kitchen, like a cabinet for dishes for and stuff, china and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I got some big stuff coming up. Nice, happy. That's what about great. you, Mike? What's on my uh, bench? Not much has changed from my bench from last week. <clears throat> it's been a lot of, um, you know, I sold my old planer to my old planer. I sold my planer to uh, Christian Sapp. He came down this week. That was really nice. I also. Did I had I sold my table saw? Yeah, I told my I sold my table saw last week too. So I'm kind of a uh, I'm not rearranging, but I'm still getting things situated in the shop. So um, it's actually looking really good in there. I, the I guess it was two nights ago. I was like, oh, this is just a disaster. So I just cleaned up, got everything organized, put everything in their homes, and it felt really good. So um, I'm working on this Lego tray for for an Etsy order. Still, I should have that wrapped up tomorrow. Um, that's that's a that that one will knock out fast, and then. Um, I'm waiting on a text right now from a client. I mentioned it last week, this coffee table, uh, they're moving. So there was some hang up on the deposit because they were literally, I guess the moving company that they had put a deposit down for, tried to last minute shoehorn in some extra added costs. So he Mm -hmm. was just like, 
F this. And he rented a truck and did the whole move himself from Seattle down to here, which wow. is like That's a commitment. 14 hour drive. So they haven't, uh, they've been pretty busy. So I'm hoping to get that this morning. Cause I'm actually running down to the lumber yard this morning to go p- Macbeth. I'm running down to Macbeth this morning to pick up the, uh, ash for the base. Cause I'm going to do an India ink base, but I'm waiting for them to confirm that they're still. Oh in. yeah. That's going to be so, nice. Oh man. I can't wait. I'm so excited. That to ash. Use it. <laughs> get out of here <laughs> it's gonna look really nice because it's it's very porous so it's gonna have it really nice contrast yeah, in india there. ink on ash is, it looks so sick so. india ink on walnut is even nice really get out, <laughs> get out. <What>? really <laughs> it's just a stain with a mask <laughs> mike bought that <laughs> i was like what? It's like, oh, I should try that <laughs> do some crazy stuff over there in in, uh, in nebraska bud so <laughs> yeah well but, but, uh, we gotta keep yeah. ourselves entertained. It's nothing but us and corn. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh. t- today I've also got my uncle coming over. We're doing the electrical to set up my planner, which is going to be – I'm just so excited to have that up, run, up and running. I just hate leaving things undone, you know. It just really like leaves like a knot in my stomach when I have things undone. So that You thing don't ever want to come to my shop. <laughs> yeah, no. I'd, I'd spend the whole weekend <laughs> or my shop. wrap everything up. <laughs> so um, – yeah, that's pretty much it. Not much different than last week. It's been kind of a slow week, really. Um, and it is a short week. I mean, we just recorded like five days ago too. So yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't really accomplish much, unfortunately, this week. What about There's you? There's some sort of holiday coming up that we're yeah. We got for it's uh, you know if you're oh, listening, it just passed. Future, it it, oh. it was Canada Day. Yeah. <laughs> Not to our Canada <laughs> listeners. Oh, let's just or the the pre party for America's birthday. If you're, if you're listening in the future, this is the. Friday before Fourth of July, so July or July third today. So um, right, yeah, we're 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 on a long weekend. We're all very excited about it. It's nice to uh, have three days off. Anyway, oh, Pete, speak for yourself. Of celebrating uh, Canada Day. What was on your bench this week? <laughs> oh, hey, I'll tell you, hey. Uh, so for doing? me, it is not a three day weekend. It is a ten day weekend. What? Um, yes, because I was supposed to go away to North Carolina tomorrow, and then we had some travel changes due to, uh, I don't know, a certain pandemic getting worse again. Thanks. That's great. So I'm basically going to be in the shop all week instead of having to post old content. Um, so that's very exciting. <laughs> now, I'm kind of in the same boat as Mike. It's it's a lot of wrapping up certain projects, but I had someone stop by the shop yesterday. It was uh, AJ from Crafted and NJ. He was picking up a couple of 3D prints. And speaking of America... And I know no one's going to be able to see this except the guys, but he he gave me this flag he made that it basically it's one of those carved flags and it's carved to be wavy and oh, nice. it's half American flag and half Polish flag what because I'm because I'm, I'm Polish. <laughs> what? Not just a joke. When do you celebrate Polish Independence Day? Is that a thing? <laughs> I'll, I'll be glad to tell you in a couple minutes once I'm finished Googling it while I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but not only that, so he actually posted on his... Do you light off his, sausages? No, we light off fireworks to, because they're illegal everywhere. I was trying to think of a joke. I couldn't think of anything. I'm, I'm just, sorry, Pete. Go on. It's okay. It's fine. He's uh, going to stab me. Attacks. No, Attacks. no. But that, all the stereotypes, they're all true. They're all true. <laughs> we love pierogies. We drink vodka. Beer is life. Submarine screen doors. And all the women are stunning. Yes, it's, it is all true. But the the really cool thing is, so he posted it on his IG. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, I put te- like commented on it. And then it shows up in my shop. And he had added my logo on it and hand-painted it on there. And it, it's nice. so cool, dude. I had, like, 
I was on a verge of like a tear running down my eyes. Like, this is so sweet. I love this community, man. I wish you could have got that on video in slow mo. (laughs) Just a slow tear. (laughs) Uh, Missed opportunity. So, aside from that, Emma has been uh, uh, reminding me, definitely not bugging me, reminding me that we should work on some stuff for the wedding. So, we started carving out some signs and whatnot. But now again, with everything happening, where everything's kind of up in the air with the wedding itself happening. But you know, we're still going to get married. Just decide. Can we expect our invites to the wedding? By the way, um, oh, as soon so as we cool. realize how many people we can actually invite, because <laughs> it went from like one hundred and fifty to one hundred and thirty to fifty to like thirty to two and to now like four, basically. <laughs> so we got to figure out uh, how big we can go to. You know, we want to make sure we're safe. Uh, aside from that, I have started uh, prepping two projects. So I started cutting some stuff up. That is the – I'm making a chuck box, uh, which is basically like a camp kitchen for the back oh, of yeah. your car. Uh, that I'm I working with a sponsor uh, to kind of get a little thing out. And the other thing is my super-duper big flip-top cart, which I'm super stoked to start working on. So I'm going to start cutting plywood on it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's only like two episodes. So I'm gonna chop up. Uh, chop How up many pieces of wood do you have cut for that thing? Right now, Two? yeah, oh. yeah, and it's because it's one sheet of plywood cut in half. One sheet of plywood hey. you cut in half. <laughs> it's taken him nine months to do that. Yep. Uh, aside from that, I am excited because today I have a buddy of mine stopping by, Jake from uh, JB Woodworks. He is he's a. Dude. He's been doing professional amateur hobby photography for about ten years, and. <laughs> He's going to help me out. Just we're going to uh, practice with my camera and do oh, some man, shots. man, I can't wait uh, to hear Dan make fun nice, of it. Nice, nice, <laughs> Well, <laughs> Make sure you get the photos as dark as possible. People love that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> so I Dan's been a lot of help and, and Mike as well because he's got the same camera. Uh, but having somebody like physically show me on a camera with the settings uh, yeah, is going to be really nice too. So. That really does help a lot. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. You're going to take the pictures though? Jake's just going to kind of help you walk you through this, the settings? Yeah. So that's he's going to walk you through the settings and teach me uh, and stuff. And then he, you know, he'll obviously take some shots and show me what I'm doing wrong. Because I'm getting good shots, but I guess I'm coming in too tight. I'm getting very tight depth of field on it, I guess. So I'm getting very focused high resolution areas and then blurriness uh, in front and above. I guess I'm going at too extreme of an angle. And I don't know. Well, he'll teach me what I'm doing wrong. I don't have. I can also this, so. talk to Dan, but you know, Dan. Dan is. Uh, I, know, I, I, I feel no. I feel bad like bugging you guys and keep asking you about camera questions. Why? You're right. I'll just reach out to Nick. Just ask Dan. Just ask Dan. Just leave me alone. Go talk to Nick here, Jake. Yeah. I think that what for me is I need to know more about it so I can ask a smart question, not like why is this bad? Why is I mean, it blurry? I asked Nick and Dan that stuff you just can't feel bad they you know it's just like uh anything you just gotta ask the question you just don't know how any of it works you know and with like the focal point it's you know it's just science Mm -hmm. it's how the like depth of it's where the focal point is for the depth of anyway it's all the yeah but we don't we you and me just don't know any of that stuff we aren't familiar with it it's like anything else man you can't feel bad there's gonna be a question about beginning woodworking and it's the same thing with cameras you just have to do it you gotta put in the time yeah but if you if you come at me with why is this bad? I'm going to say because you're terrible. Yeah, well, see, which, and if an you get honest someone answer. like Dan who's unhelpful <laughs> and rude, you're not going to learn a lot. But if you get someone who's helpful and nice, who can really truly care about your growth. <laughs> I <laughs> care about your growth. But. Nurturing's not in his vocabulary. 
My uh, uh, my photography friends like to call that the Daniel Dunlap difference. <laughs> Being rude? With like a trademark on it. <laughs> yes, there's a little trademark on that. I own it. And I actually own the DanielDunlapDifference.com. I've never used it, but it's there. I own it. You I do? You. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he does. He owns like 20 domains and uses half of one. Half yeah. of one? <laughs> <laughs> it just like redirects to his IG. That's it. <laughs> Actually, fun fact, that's what mine literally does. <laughs> does it really do that? Because right now, because I, I, I stopped hosting. What, uh, for Petries? Through a site that I was getting ripped off at, and I never re-upped, like, to create a new site. So I need to do that. So right now, it's just re- re- redirecting there, which is fine. Whatever. For Petries Workshop? Uh, yes, I believe so. Oh, that's funny. To, because a certain, um, when Pete a certain says, company I believe so, that, that means rhymes with pricks uh, <laughs> charged me, like, double out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hosting three sites with them, and then they like literally doubled the cost of the website. And I was like, I could literally sign up right now and get a cheaper rate. Like, how are you going to charge me that on a re-up? So I had to. Uh, I, had to I use Wix that. as well. I'm expecting a huge uh, re-up <laughs> bill for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I might just I might just like buckle down and get like a multi-year thing instead of just doing it yearly. But anyways, aside from that, I got a I got a, just a small thing. I got a new tool in a shop. It's like this Mercaderos thing. It's like a small oh, hand sander. Yeah. yeah, nothing nothing big. I think Dan got the same thing. It's no big deal. It's only like changed my life and it's the best thing I ever bought. Um, <laughs> and totally worth the money. Like yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention that too. Yeah, you yeah. did. MBD yeah, I mean, MBD right guys. I mean, since we're talking about we, what's on the bench, we I mean, only started amazing, a fire right? on Instagram it's... and literally like. There's Amazing. been more Merca Daros Sanders sold in the U.S. this month because of us, and just no big deal. <laughs> okay, let's not yeah, overstate it. Weird flex, um. but <laughs> I mean, how, how? I mean, let, let's not make turn this into a Merca state uh, segment. But I mean, let's. What do you guys think? Incredible. Incredible. Like, I was yes, actually right? like, it's a Sander. I didn't think it would really make a that big of a difference. It's pretty shocking. Like, I've used the Rotex before. And I'm like, oh, this aggressive mode is really cool. This and thing genuinely like melts through wood. It's amazing. And it's mm-hmm. so smooth yeah, when it's done. I use mine and I put a little video on my IG account, but I, You're on I IG? sanded it. You're on IG? Yeah. You should oh. look you should look it up. I'll check it out. Um what Sorry. was I gonna say? <laughs> you threw uh, it on your IG that you obviously have. I'm joking. It's a fun joke. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh the first time I used it, I used it on this really super rough piece of walnut. And it went right through it with the 80 grit, and yeah. I was just blown away. I it's said, wow, like no less than seven times, I think. It, it's shocking when you fire it up and there's no vibration. Yeah, anyway. that's the other thing. The the low vibration and dust collection. The dust collection. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't ride Ooh. on its own. It doesn't want to like No, it stays ahead. in place. Yeah, it just sits in place. Yeah. And how long did the Abernets last a long time for you? I a feel like long I was, time. I, I, I feel like I was using them wrong because they just last forever. Like I, uh, the Walnut desktop? The the walnut desk I just got done with, mm-hmm. it's ninety inches by thirty six inches wide. That's insane. So it's it's pretty big. I used one one Abernet disc. Yeah, like I my mean, sample pack I that comes with it. But, like, but you're on the same yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The sample and, pack still hasn't been used up in my shop. I think they're still good. <laughs> oh, they're still good for sure. I did my. I've done five projects now, not that big, but one of them was that <laughs> slab bench. You know, when I was doing uh, the live edge on that cleaning up, that kind of usually tears up some pads, but. The yeah. pads, I'm still using the ones that came in the box. So You I, know why I think it lasts a long time, too? Because, it, it, you know, with a small palm sander, you tend to, like, lean it a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. To try to almost, like, mm-hmm. carve at the certain mm-hmm. areas to, like, mm-hmm. remove more material. You don't have to do that. Yep. You don't. 
That's yeah. I think why the whole it's surface last is longer. eating away and it, and it levels out. You're not like eating at one spot. I, I agree 100. percent All right. right. Yeah. That uh, that big desktop is nice and it's it's flatter now than if I would have used my regular five inch sanders. Yeah. And we apologize if this sounds like an ad. It's not like it's really it's not. not. We really we bought ours and like they're. It's really just a nice tool. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's amazing. it. Anyway. Okay, we need well, to get into uh, some other we, things here. We need to go into the, some other things. We're really harping on it. Uh, <laughs> first, we want to talk about our sponsor. This week, the episode is brought to you by Bear Hollow Supply. Uh, they are, if you're listening to this now, um, it will be too late, but um, they are doing a, a 4th of July sale, which I did repost on the Instagram account. Um, so go check out Bear Hollow Supply. They are, they make really great hardware. I really do stand behind their stuff. I've bought several of their items. They did give me some items, but I, did, I have bought several of their items and I will continue to do so. Um, really, really happy with the stuff they make. And we're really proud to have them as a sponsor of the show. So big thank you to Bear Hall Supply. Go check them out. We'd really appreciate it if you did. Um, yep. I, you know, we're going to jump into, into some voicemails here. It was a kind of short week. We, uh, we all wanted to kind of, not worry about doing the podcast on Sunday. So we decided to record on a Friday this week. So we're kind of five days after the normal recording instead of our normal seven. So, um, but that makes no difference to the listeners because we're going to release this at the normal time, but it does affect them because we only have two voicemails. We didn't do much of a call for voicemails. We're trying to clean out our written and our written in questions. So I thought people just didn't like us anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to, we got, we've got two voicemails this week. They're good ones. As usual, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for sending all these great voicemails. Um, but this first one is from Adam with Adam Cust- Adam's Custom Maids. He has a question about content creation. Hey, this is Adam from Adam's Custom Made. I have a question about creating video content along with uh, the project build work that you do. Um, I've been doing project work for a while, just starting to do video, And I'm finding myself underestimating the amount of time that it takes in order to get the shots that I want, get the projects done in the time that I want, and then the post-production work that it takes to create video. So uh, I'm just wondering what tips and tricks you guys have uh, as far as creating video content along with project build work. Dan? I don't know if I have any great tips or tricks. I just want to say that as with anything in life, almost, uh, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Mm -hmm. And the more you do it, the more you're going to be able to see in the future and go, okay, I'm going to do this project. And these are probably the shots I want to get. So yeah, the biggest piece of advice is just keep at it. What about you, Pete? Uh, For me, I like to apply your, your rule for, Price, pricing out a project, which is the 3x rule, but it's like three times as long. So that's to me how it would work. So I would think, okay, if milling these boards is going to take me, I'm not even talking about a YouTube video. I'm talking about a post. If milling these boards takes me usually 30 minutes, it's going to take me almost double that to set up the shot, get it right, make sure I have the right angles, all that stuff. And then it's going to take me that time again to get it all cleaned up, edited at some point during a day. I'd like to think of it that way. So it's just account for that time. Because people say like everything takes twice as long. No, it takes three times as long. Yeah. That's just setting up the shot alone and making sure you have it and sometimes doing multiple takes, that all slows you down. So the 3X rule I think works really well. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I mean there's I don't really have much to add. You just have to do it. You sort of you sort of you just get faster as you do it. 
you it becomes part of your muscle memory. You're not thinking about it as much. It's just you can see your shot from your uh, from your either your phone or your camera, depending on what you're using. You you kind of you know sometimes you flub the shot. You know, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have shot it from that angle. I do it. Sometimes I just throw out the shot. You know, it just is what it is. But you just get better as you go with it. So sometimes you set up your shot in a spot and you're like, oh, this is going to be such a great angle. Then you go back and you're like, oh, it's my shoulder the whole time. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it just it just happens, you know? Yeah. I mean, it happens so much to me. It just, it just happens. You're like, oh, man, I thought I was going to get this really cool over the shoulder shot. And yeah, you get a shoulder shot. So um, you just get better with it. It's just like anything, man. You just got to do it. And if it's something you want to do, you have to do it. It's also something you don't have to do. You could just do woodworking and not record it all the time. So, um, if, those things know. are kind of nice. Yeah. You ever have so those where you're just you're like doing woodworking yeah, and you're not it. sharing it on IG? Are you really doing woodworking? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's like uh, you know, if it's something if a tree you really falls in a woods, same exact concept. It's, it, it's a lot of work. Uh, and if it's you know, there's some people you can tell when they don't put a lot of time into it, and you can tell when people do put a lot of time into it. It's just like anything. If you're gonna, yeah. you can't and just record. Ahead, you're gonna have to reshoot shots it's gonna happen yep. i mean i don't know about you guys but i i would work like guy fieri eats a sandwich like i'm all shoulders and elbows like out and everything's blocking the shot so unless it's in front of me your I'm, beard looks i'm terrible. having to reshoot it <laughs> um <laughs> no um no that's true last night i was uh recording myself using my block plane and i had i didn't switch it from photo mode which is a whole different set of f-stop and is everything's totally different and i recorded it wrong and, it, and i was like oh man this looks like crud Luckily, I I had stopped to go grab some water, and I still had more to record, you know, because sometimes when you're trying to use a block plane to get rid of a, a, a piece of wood that's a little proud, sometimes you run out of wood to plane. So so you sometimes <laughs> you can fix it, and sometimes you can't. You just have to count your losses sometimes and move on. So um, it's, just, it's just a matter of doing it. So there's not really a whole lot to say about it, Adam, unfortunately. I mean, you just – you'll get and, – and you'll notice, too, over time you'll start going, oh, man, I really like this edit. Or, you know, you'll start noticing that you're getting better. It's just like anything. It literally is just like anything. You just have to do it. I don't think there's much else we can really add to that. Guys? No? Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Right. No, it's a perfect, perfect answer. I, it's so good. Such good answers from us. Uh, this next one is, uh, this is, uh, of course, his legal contract. He's fulfilling his end of the bargain. This is Josh the Dad. Hey guys, it's Josh the Dad of Josh the Dad, one of the big IG, coming at you with a contractual agreement to send you a question of the week. So here we go. Now, I've been doing this woodworking thing, dabbling thing for quite a while, but I'm always curious what your perspective is, is what advice can you give to someone just starting in woodworking or maybe just kind of uh, finding a lull and not sure what to do next? What's the one thing that every woodworker should know how to do? What skill, what, I don't know, tool to use, what what thing should they be able to do and do well? Is it cut a straight line with a handsaw, which I still can't do after all these years? Is it use a hand plane properly? Or is it, you know, squaring up your miter saw if you have one? Or not cutting your thumb off with a skill saw? What is the one thing that you want to advise all woodworkers to do? Hey, you guys have a great week. Thanks for your information. Keep up the good work with the podcast, and we'll talk to you next week, hopefully. Pete. Number one thing you should learn in woodworking is deal with failure. Whether it's just 
project's not going right and you having to fix it or something not being the way you want and mm-hmm. just scrapping the whole project or, you know, you quoting a customer and then they just disappear and they ghost you. Um, yeah. It's going to happen. It's all going to happen and it all sucks. It just makes you want to walk out of the shop sometimes. So that's my short answer is I know it's not a woodworking thing, but I to me, especially when I was learning, most of woodworking was just learning to fix and hide mistakes. That's it. What about you, Dan? That's just good life advice right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Life uh, advice by Dan, Pete, and Mike. But to, <laughs> That's our other part. To minimize those mistakes Pete's talking about, those failures, I would say learn how to tune up your machines properly and get them dialed in perfectly mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that you can minimize that stuff. And that will take care of a lot, a lot of mistakes. You'll be able to cut truer. You'll be able to cut more accurately. Things will just go to better, better smoother. Better smoother. Better yeah. <laughs> um, yes. What about you, Mike? I agree. That was actually kind of my answer. I mean, good. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I really like to research stuff. I think these guys know that. I like to research stuff before I ever really jump what? into anything. Yeah. I, 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 I have the same answers, Dan. I think a good way. I just sold my table saw to uh, Thelma with TK. And during the move or during the drive from my house to her house with it, um, it was a four hour drive. Things shook. Things came out of square. The tables were out of square. And that was great for her because now she got to spend the day squaring up and learning her saw. Um, She got to learn her tool. She got to learn how to make it square, how to fix it in the future. She got to learn a bunch of new things about it. And I think that... um, I think that's really important. I think that you need to know how to use all the parts of your saw or not your saw, your tool as much, as much of your tool as you can. Cause a lot of these tools do a lot of things. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to use this as an example, but I'm going to, because it's kind of not a tool. A lot of people have, but the domino has a lot of reference points on it. And almost every single time I use that thing, I'm like, Oh, this has another reference tool here. There's all these add-ons and attachments. And there's a, there's a, You'll find that with a lot of your tools that you can do all these different things with them more than what you just see on the surface. Um, And you never know that unless you really deep dive. And a lot of that comes from learning how to set up your tools. Uh, Certain tools you buy, like the really higher end ones, will come out of the box tuned up and dialed and you don't have to do anything. Um, And that's really great if you already know how to do those things. But if you're learning how to woodwork and learning how to use tools... It is. I think it's really important to learn the basics of tools and how to set them up. I agree with Dan 100%. Um, if, if I may uh, piggyback off that, learn yeah. how to sharpen or that, learn when things are dull. That, that was my next thing. Out. Like, I, I do not enjoy sharpening edges for, cha- for planes and chisels. I don't enjoy it. I know that's like a sub hobby almost. I know I've talked about it before. Like, there's people who just love sharpening and have it down. To, it's literally an art. There's people that have it down to an art, and they have it's so sharp you can cut like a wing off a fly that's flying from the air for 20 feet away. It's like crazy. <laughs> like these people make these things so sharp. I don't care to do that. That does not interest me at all. But I do really like using hand tools, so I do need to know how to sharpen my blades um, and make my edges sharp. It's just one of those things. Um, I'm gonna figure out the fastest way to do it so that it just works for me, but. I agree with Pete for sure. So, and also one of the things Josh said was uh, learn how to not cut your digits off. That's right. <laughs> yeah, gotta yeah, learn how to not guys. do that. Um, and, and no offense to anyone with nine or less digits, they do great work <laughs> as well. 
<laughs> you learn from your failures. Yeah, right? yeah, right. <laughs> we made a whole complete circle there. Yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. Um, that was actually it for the for the voicemails. We went through those well, real fast. It's a great so episode later, this week. We'll see you guys next I guess, week. Uh, happy Fourth of July, and I uh, love you long time. <laughs> so, no, um, but uh, real quick, I guess we should get into the giveaway, huh? Yes. So yeah. I don't know what we're giving away this week. I probably should know that. Do you, we have that? You do, Michael. Is it is. The, oh yeah, duh. We do know that. I'll say it's yeah. we're this way this week. The giveaway is once again brought to everyone by Macbeth Hardwood. Thank you so much, Macbeth. Obviously, I love Macbeth. These guys love Macbeth. We're real big fans of Macbeth, and thank you to them for sponsoring this. This week, the giveaway is a micro a micro jig gripper. Which is, I think, should be a staple in any shop. It's one of the first safety tools I bought. Um, Dan, you like yours, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, love yeah. it. We, we need to get Dan one. Uh, but it for me, it was it's it's just a great tool. So uh, it keeps your hand away from the blade. Um, it's really not more than that. It's good for pushing stuff through the blades, like on a jointer on the table saw. I use it on my bandsaw as well. So, um, but we're giving away a micro micro jig gripper, which is a great tool. So um, it's the same as last time. Uh, we haven't picked a special code phrase, <laughs> so um, we um, we'll think of something by the yeah, end. Yeah, we'll it. think of something by the end of the episode. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, if not, this was really bad planning on our part, and uh, <laughs> we'll have to get something together. But it'll be the same as uh, as the last two giveaways. You'll need to uh, send us the catchphrase. On well, uh, one of you did say the better smoother and better smootherer. <laughs> One of you said that. I literally wrote it down as a potential okay. title Better for the episode. Better smootherer. That's is yeah, that which is like title? when you sharpen a plane and it now is a better smootherer. <laughs> is this is a this good phrase? With? Is this what we've done? I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah, that's Better it. smootherer that's the is the catchphrase. Better smootherer. Yeah, anyone better, who spells it wrong does it, is disqualified. <laughs> Not a better smoother. Er. A better smootherer. Better smootherer. Okay. Just throw so, an extra ER in the end. The secret catchphrase is better smootherer. <laughs> so stupid. So oh, that's how good that. we are. We come up with this on the fly, folks. Yeah, yeah. This whole thing is just, we didn't plan any of this. This is such a joke. Oh. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, so email us that to anotherwoodshoppodcast at gmail.com or send that in the slide into our DMs over at the podcast hey, uh, Instagram on another woodshop podcast at, uh, on Instagram. So what's up, Pete? You're going to hey, say something? You know what? Let's let's make this an even bigger giveaway. Oh, oh, Pete's oh. throwing in a gripper. <laughs> I'm throwing in one of my gripper grippers, which is Your literally man. just like a holder for the thing, because oh, yeah, a lot of us nice. just end up throwing it in a drawer or Guys. somewhere that's not by the table saw. So I'm going to throw in one of my 3D printed gripper holders for your table saw. Just attach it somewhere and you're done. And you're, it's always there. Mine's literally I literally pulled mine away because I'm sitting. This by was table not saw, planned. So. Pete just did this on the fly. Yeah, I have. That's one. right. I actually have two. You they do. really are sick. Like they really are nice. I have both of mine next to my table saw. They're really fantastic. I really I don't have one because Pete refuses to send me things. <laughs> oh, well, you you refuse to get a microjig gripper. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. Any I refuse. Safety, I just never. Dan is going to invest anyway. zero dollars this year in. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, I mean, Dan bought a second cool. home. Literally. Yeah, I so. did that. Except right. it's on, and it's on wheels, and he gets to pimp it out now and drive around the country. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, that's really cool, Pete. And 
Macbeth, yeah, that's honestly. awesome, Thank man. you so much. That's really great. No, uh, Macbeth is a really cool one here. I mean, they're hooking it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you, I mean, you know, those cost you $800 each to make, so that was really nice. Yeah, yeah I lose money uh, on each one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's it for the giveaway. Thank you, Macbeth. And let's jump into some uh, some written-in questions here. We've got a long list of them. Yeah. We're not going to get to all these, but let's start going with these. Pete, I think you're reading the first one. Why oh, yeah, I got it. That? So this one's from Mark over at Scruffy Bear Woodworking, which is uh, funny. That was supposed to be my Instagram handle, but it was taken. <laughs> <laughs> so he's asking, uh, what is your... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Sorry, bear in uh, certain that. communities. <laughs> We're all bears in a certain community. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not me. It's where half of my followers are from. <laughs> Anyways, what is your process for square materials and going uh, to checking for squareness? Are you going to checking for squareness uh, during the course of the build? I can't read. Yes. Uh, we'll basically, have you he's do asking, no questions next week. <laughs> <laughs> he's asking, like, what's our process for square materials and yeah. how are we going to check it? Are you, you know, checking it throughout or are you checking it, um, you know, at the end? And then he asks or adds, and Dan, I too start a sentence and I don't know where it's going. <laughs> uh, and he loves the podcast long time, just as we do. And I will add that I also do not know where my sentences go when they start. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I guess I'll start. For me, I'm checking throughout the whole thing. I'm, I'm obsessed with Square, and I want to make sure that everything's dead on. And when I'm using my joiner, sometimes I'll check for squareness on the fence alone, you know, two times during doing uh, while I'm doing it. Maybe in the beginning and halfway through. Because there's times that I, like, throw a big piece of wood against it, and then I'm like, well, that's out of square now, 100%. <laughs> so I'm definitely checking stuff nonstop. I, before I had a joiner, I used to basically skip plane my wood, which is when you're kind of running it through the planer when it's not squared off on both sides, you know, as long as it's ballpark flattish. And then you're rotating the wood over and over until you get a flat board, uh, which is a good option, but you're losing a lot more wood that way. Yep. Uh, you can't get it squared up. And then I used to square it up on the table saw uh, because I didn't have a joiner, so I would use a jig. But now it's always, you know, the, the classic is breaking down to a manageable size, uh, you know, with a miter saw. Then if it's too wide for your joiner, you should cut it down on a bandsaw unless you have a 20-inch uh, joiner like Mike. <laughs> He's got an 8-inch for now. He's going to get it eventually. <laughs> He's got a 25-inch joiner. Get it right. 25-inch joiner. <laughs> He's, oh, I want that 12 inch so bad. I do too. But then, so yeah, run it through the joiner. Then <laughs> you run it through the planer to get, you know, your S, S2S. And then you joint the other edge, S3S. And then you run it through the table saw and you got a fully S4S board. Woo! That's, I mean, that's yeah. my process at least. That's my process. What a, too. Yeah. Dan, Mike what do you do? Well. I want to know yeah. what Dan does. Ditto. Um, Ditto. Yeah, I'm doing the same thing. If, if you're not checking squareness throughout the, the build process, if you're off square, like in the beginning, that'll throw off a lot of stuff and they could yeah, really create problems. And that goes back to what we were talking about before, about what you need to learn as a beginner, um, keeping your machines tuned and everything square and everything. Um, it, it goes along with that. Yep. You, you yep. keep you keep that stuff good good to go as you're going and it'll mitigate a lot of problems along the way. Yeah, it's true. And for certain things, you know, you don't need to go crazy with no. squareness. We're, we're just obsessive about it. We're just perfectionists, so we like to do that. But, if, I mean, if you're making a cutting board and you're going to run the thing through the planer later anyways, like, you don't have to go super crazy with making sure everything's perfect 90. If it's 89, it's fine. Yeah, I think... Oh, 89.9. Nine, yeah, nine, as long as it's 89.9. I think, like, when you start <laughs> getting into a really large 
horizontal and vertical surfaces. I mean, because it, 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 it's ex, it's exponential. When you have an issue, it's exponential over the length. It so, multiplies. Yeah, yeah. So you, you really want to think – I mean, like Pete said, you mean if you're building like a makeup brush box that's three inches by three inches, there's a lot of fudge room in there. You can spa- you can make some mistakes. But, I mean, for me, my my almost all my projects start on the joiner. I, I joint a face and then I joint an edge. And then I run it through the planer to get the other face to get those two face to get those two faces parallel. And then I run it through the table saw to get S four S, so I can get yep. the two edges parallel. So, um, and like, don't Pete, trust lumberyard S four S. I <laughs> I actually so, um, the place I used to shop from when I used to buy wood, it was it was pretty bad. It, I was really unhappy with it. And I've been milling since the beginning. When I first started, mm-hmm. I never really did the like reclaimed wood thing that a lot of people do. Uh, I started with it and then I had a piece that had so much tension in it. It was a piece of pallet wood. It had so much tension in it that when I cut it with my miter saw, it grabbed the blade and my whole miter saw jumped up. And it scared me so bad that I was like, I'm never using this wood again. I'm only going to get wood that's, you know, not this. And then I ended up buying, I started buying a lot of slabs from a, a local urban uh, milling outfit that I still go to there. It's a really good place locally called Urban Wood Rescue. Um, but <laughs> it's literally all just live edge slabs. And that stuff is, it also has a lot of tension in it, but not nearly as much as a pallet that's been in, in the behind a grocery store for 16 years. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, a, it has tension, but not nearly as bad, but uh, I got everything really extreme as rough as you can get it as a slab. I had to mill down everything. That's, that's also part of the reason why we talked about it last week. I got a jointer like right out of the get because everything I got was super duper and I never even knew what a planer sled was. So, um, you live and learn. Yeah. You just, you know, we, some people go at things differently and you get, get to the same spots really, but <clears throat> you know, it's the same thing. I go, Run through my joiner twice on two faces, planer, and then table saw. And it just works great. I mean, it works really well. And when I bought from my previous place, it was really bad. And I knew that I could make it better than they could. And it's because they're doing volume. Yeah. And I'm not like a commission guy like Dan is. Dan's got to get stuff out of his shop as quick as he can. Uh, there's, there's, um, there's money to be made in getting it out of there. And that's the same with anything. If you're cranking out lumber out of a lumber yard, you need that stuff out of there fast, and sometimes it doesn't get done as well. So I like to mill up my own stuff because I know it's dead on. Yeah, uh, lumber yards get it good enough, right? Good enough. That's very good, and and realistically, you can probably work with it for the most part, other than a little bit of fixing, right, Dan? Yeah, that's is that I accurate? Do that. Yeah, yeah, you do that. Yeah, you pr- you probably run it through some tools just to get things kind of perfect, right? Yeah, not a um, jointer, so, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, rant over. I apologize, um, Dan. You want to you want to grab this next one? Oh, yeah. Where are we at? I can grab it real quick if you want. It's no big deal. Oh, uh, how do we get dados? How do you get dados set up for plywood from uh, Simon Holter? He sent that to Mike's personal Facebook page, which I have access to. I don't know if Mike knows that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do you get dados set up for plywood, Pete? Oh, oh, okay. I I thought you were going to answer it. Uh, For me, (laughs) I just... (laughs) Sorry. Apologize. I wasn't ready. I thought you were going to go for it. Um, Put your pants back on. So the way I do it is uh, I use a, a bit on a router and a router table because although I have a dado stack, I'm still yet to use it. I only got it recently. So for me, it's the bit and I have one bit that actually fits a three quarter inch plywood. That's because it's 
three quarter inch plywood's not three quarter inch. Right. Uh, let's be real. Uh, yeah, I think Mike, you have like a whole set, seconds. right? It's twenty three yeah. thirty seconds. Yeah, all plywood yeah. is one thirty seconds smaller <clears throat> than the size it says. Exactly. It is. So I just have a, you know, a router bit that I use for that, and it's a cheapo one, so I have to run a couple passes, but. That's basically my you can do setup. A couple passes on, on the nice ones too. You're just gonna burn them out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the main thing is uh, dust collection because it just shoots. Like when you're running a dado on a router, I don't know about you guys, it just shoots sawdust oh, out yeah. that mm-hmm. hole. Yeah. I mean, Anyways, I, that's, do this, uh, that's I do the same. I have it like Pete said. I have a dado plywood set that I use, but really, mm-hmm. it's so messy. It's it's not that it's not worth it. It is really quick if you have like. Mm-hmm. I think if you're doing like four short dados or whatever, a small amount, the the router bit is really so fast to set up that it is worth it. <clears throat> but if you have like 18 of them to do, I think yeah. it's worth setting up your dado stack. And the way I set and up my dado stack is I put the plywood on a horizontal surface like my outfeed and then I grab my dado stack. And because it has all those little tiny shims in there, you, get, you just stack them until they're exactly the same height as the uh, piece you're trying to cut the mm-hmm. thickness of so you just put the shims in there until it's exactly over the top and then you're good to go um and measure from the teeth not from the body of well the if blade. you lay it next to it on the table <clears throat> yep. you don't have to measure anything you just keep stacking yeah, them yeah, until yeah. They're exactly yeah. the same height so that's why i like that method i can't remember where i learned that method but i learned that method and it, i like that that's actually smart it, it's yeah, never my, failed me you just you're referencing basically you're doing a reference measurement for your blades so i don't remember it was see, mine YouTube doesn't have sure. like exact shims it has uh the cutters are the actual thickness, like the ones on the inside, the ones that just remove material. It doesn't oh. have shims in it, so just each one is an eighth of an inch. Yours doesn't so have I shim spacers. It doesn't. It's Crazy. an older stack that someone someone donated to me. Gotcha. It's brand. It was brand new, but it was it's an old. In 1977, model. it was brand new. Basically, <laughs> that's what it looked like. Huh, crazy. I didn't know any of them didn't have shims. Yeah, it's like, actually, it came from uh, PJ Gelato. <laughs> Gelati. Gelato? <laughs> Call him Gelato. Son of the Junk um, Hunter? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Dan, so. what do you do? Uh, Mike stole my answer. I want to <laughs> um, yeah, if I'm doing pl- uh, plywood dados, I have a bit, too. I got a, I got a nice white side router bit that's mm. perfectly sized for plywood. If I'm doing something that's not plywood size, it kind of goes back and forth. If if I'm only doing like one or two, I'll use the router. But if I have to do several and they all have to be the same length or or distance from the edge, I'm setting up my table saw on a dado stack just so I can keep them all in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, pretty simple. It is simple. Yeah, it is simple. And they're so – the dado stack on the table saw is just so – so fast and efficient if you can just run it through and it's so much less messy on the table saw right um anyway so this next question is from max jensen i don't see any sort of handle um it looks like it was probably emailed in so the the question is he says he's a newish hobbyist woodworker that's awesome welcome to the hobby it's the best um i recently got my 14 inch grizzly bandsaw the g0555 he said he was a little surprised with how much fine tuning and tweaking that is required to set it up. Um, he's got a, he had a lot of questions he had for the Grizzly customer service. He said they were really helpful. They got him some some parts and pieces out, um, but he's still learning as as he's going and he's watching a lot of YouTube and reading. Um, he he came from his parents never were handy, so he's kind of learning as he goes. He doesn't have any sort of handy background, and it's just a. It's, it's all new for him, uh, but he's doing it, which is awesome. Congratulations to him. That's really great, man. Um, 
do did any of you, there, he's asking if any of us had any friends that did this or if there was if we had a similar learning curve what was our experience with getting into working with tools and um did we have any friends or family that were resources to help us learn or did we learn from youtube or did we learn from reading so he just says there's feels like there's so much to learn um you know how do you get past the daunt the daunting feeling of of just learning all this new stuff um i'm going to oh, say good. you know oh, i'm going to sorry i'm going to i'm going to say that uh you know that that G0555 Grizzly 14 inch is a like really really well priced bandsaw um but they come with no riser block it's a very much i mean you can you can resaw on them i know i'm going to get some people saying yeah you can you can resaw on them but <laughs> they're not they're kind of made as like the they have like a six inch resaw capacity, which is almost useless in any real resawing uh, situation. I mean, if you're resawing stuff, it's usually pretty tall for the most part. So you got to get the riser block. There's a lot of add-ons and they make those add-ons available, but you're basically getting this thing. They're making it so the price so cheap because you have to do all the tuning for it. Um, but like we said earlier, that's good. Um, the, the upswing is, is that you now are going to learn how to use your bandsaw and set everything up. So, and for me, I grew up around construction. I did not grow up around woodworking specifically, but I've always been pretty handy and, but I never did any of this. I actually, prior to getting into woodworking, I I never thought of the idea of making stuff for myself as appealing. It never appealed to me. I was always like a consumer, consumer, consumer. And now I'm, I I look back at that and think, man, that's so silly that I th- thought that way. Um, but I just learned from YouTube and learning from people. And, and this community has really helped me learn so much. I mean, I'm, I'm only been doing this for a couple of years and, uh, you know, obviously I love it, you know, and it's just a matter of just deep diving in there and really learning stuff. And it, it can be daunting, you know, and you worry about other people, um, mocking your abilities and I, I hate seeing that in the community when people who are um who make others feel bad because of they the the skills they do or don't have or how they do things i hate seeing it um yeah because it really it really someone could be in your situation where they're just learning um and then someone's like oh that looks terrible or they attack your instead of just being like hey you know you can try it this way uh it just doesn't help and i hate seeing that when i see those comments it just bums me out that people are like that and they have they feel the need to to, to crap on people who are learning I will just say, don't give up. Keep learning it because it's such a great activity to have in your life. And it's so rewarding when you build something or when you finish something and it looks even better than you imagined in your head. Uh, it just, there's really, there's really not a lot of things to compare to it, in my opinion. It's just the best. So just, just keep after it. Um, and you're just going to learn a lot. And it, that's also rewarding in and of itself. You're going to come off the other side of this first few months or year with so much knowledge. You're going to be really proud of yourself. And it's a real self-confidence booster for sure. So, Dan? Yeah, I agree with Mike. <laughs> Stole my answer again, Mike. Um, first, I just want to say that Max Jensen's IG handle is Jensen Joinery. Thank you. At Jensen Joinery. One word. Um, you looking that up. That, that's my fault. I didn't put it in the spreadsheet. Idiot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of come from a woodworking background. My uncle, who I looked up to a lot when I was younger, uh, he was always into construction and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So 
he, he taught me a lot of stuff when I was a kid. And then I've been in a word working capacity as a job since 1997. Crazy. I know. I, I worked at a furniture factory right out of high school. I mean, <laughs> it's so always cool. kind of been in my blood. I wish and, I had you know, that. I got away from it for a while there when I started my photography business. That kind of blew up. And I, I went back to it probably in 2016 is when I started building my shop. And it's this is now blowing up, and my photography feels like it's taking a backseat to my woodworking. So yeah, I've I've had a lot of experience with it, so that's helpful. But with that said, I still to this day learn a lot from YouTube and from the woodworking community on IG. You'll never and be done learning. I'm still I'm I'm even picking up ticks off. <laughs> I'm even picking up tricks off of TikTok now. Like I was right? gonna say, ticks off of talk. <laughs> <laughs> picking up ticks off of trick talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you never stop learning, so you just yeah. keep at it, man. It's, it's, I, a, I, it's a wonderful feeling, like Mike said, when you when you finish something and you're looking at it and you go, I made that. Like, mm. even to this day, I still love to bring people into my house and go, look at this. Heck I yeah. made this. Absolutely. And I don't I like it. to like have regret in my life. I don't really do that. A lot. I don't really look at things and go like, ah, everything's kind of a learning experience. I do regret that I didn't get into this at a younger age because I love this so much. Like, I wish I had this a lot more than two years in my life. It's just, it's just so rewarding. And it's just, you know, we, I know the three of us can gush and gush about how great woodworking is, but it's true. I, it's one of my biggest regrets is I wish I had taken this on at a younger age because I'd be farther ahead. You'll never stop learning, but man, I wish I just had more knowledge. I just, that's my biggest thing. It's like, I'm a biggest critic. Pete, what about you, man? Well, growing up in communist Poland and working in a steel factory since I was six, I learned to fix tools at an early age. It was the summer of go. 1992. <laughs> uh, no, for <laughs> so for me, it was it was a necessity. Steel <laughs> in grain cutting boards. Steel in grain. <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> Dang it! Yes, We're adding that in the list. No, for me, it was a necessity because at first I could only when I got into woodworking. I could only afford the cheapest tools. It was the old uh, tried and true blue Ryobi. Do you know when that's going to change? That's true. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that stuff, when you're buying an entry-level tool, and they've definitely gotten better now, but those old school ones, they were not super accurate. You know, we always talk about the cheap bit sets. You know, they tend to burn. You kind of learn when a tool's out of tune and you try, you see other people doing good work with it, so you're like, all right, I know you I know you can make a straight cut with a circular saw sure. without it burning the wood and being consistent. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Is the blade off? Am I just – my clamp's not tight? So you kind of learn to tweak your techniques and tweak the tools. Then as I, as I got into picking up older tools or used tools, that's when you really got to learn how to tune things. Um, and you look for quality. You know a quality tool like the bandsaw. No one can see this. The bandsaw behind me, very old Delta. I know that thing is a wonderful machine, but when I got it, it cut awful. It was so bad. So I had to tune the crap out of it. And now it's one of my go-to tools. So it is a necessity thing. Um, you, you learn by like, you know, watching videos. I don't have anyone to really teach me. I watch a lot of videos, uh, and the rest of it, I just kind of figured out with tools that weren't even exactly this model. It's just, okay, these guys are doing this with their bandsaws and it seems to be working well. How can I apply that to mine? And that goes across to, you know, table saws, joiners, everything. The techniques are all the same. The equipment itself is just a little different. So YouTube is where it's at. 
and don't discount like blog posts. Blogs were big for a while, and that's how people were documenting, especially with uh, older tools. Dan, Dan's there's still a thing. Blog post statement. I don't know. What that... Dan, <laughs> I mean, is, I is there read? a Dan Dunlap? Yeah, yeah. You gotta read. <laughs> they usually have a lot of pictures in them. Okay. <laughs> so that's better. It, that that's my thing. And I think something that's really cool is that when you sometimes people go, "Oh, did your dad teach you that?" And my dad didn't teach me any of this stuff. Um, and that's not good or bad. That's just is the facts. My dad didn't teach me how to do any of this stuff. I learned it on my own. And that's an even bigger point of pride. Like I didn't come by this through some, uh, through some family tradition. This is something I picked up on my own entirely of my own. This is a, a hobby entirely of my own creation and learning. And there's pride in that too. So yeah. you f- may feel like, Oh, I'm having a hard time learning this stuff. But once you learn it, you're going to be like, Oh man, I, I did that. That's all me. And you, you really should run with that and be proud of that when you, when you start feeling more confident in here. So. Yeah. It, that My dad wasn't a woodworker. He didn't teach me about woodworking, but he taught me that you don't throw out, you fix. You don't, you know, work with something crappy, you tune it. Like that was his, his thing always, you know? So that's why I have older tools because I know they're good. I know they were great. They just need some love. That's it. Yeah. I think all that's right. good. We've What's got uh, uh, we got a question. You want to read this one, Pete? Uh, yeah. I was hoping you guys can clarify this for me. I'm a little confused. I can't. I can't tell who her, her handle. I don't see a handle for her. Yeah, it's Kayla Dunlap. No relation. Uh, <laughs> no handle either. How do I get my husband to stop buying tools? Like, does does she mean like he must be buying the same ones over and over again? Oh, so like fix them, dude. Don't like th- don't throw it out and buy a new one. I'm. You don't so, like you don't just familiar. stop buying tools. You just simply She doesn't mean that. You can't mean that. You don't stop buying tools. Yeah, I don't. You never I'm stop. He must be buying the same one over and over again is what she means. Yeah. That's the only thing I can yeah. well, just buy a better tool. Right. Yeah, right. D- yeah, sell those and buy a better tool. I like, don't understand this question oh. at all either. Like I'm confused entirely know. from start I... to finish. This well, has Kayla, so if many you're grammatical errors, I don't think we should even read yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kayla, if you're listening, uh, you know, leave us a voicemail, shoot us into the email, just kind of elaborate. Uh, we're very confused. Because uh, one does not stop buying tools. It's There's always a better, a gooder tool. Sharper. <laughs> Sharper. <laughs> Smoother. <tool. laughs> Smoother. Smoother, that's right. Smoother. Sharper, better, smoother, smoother, better. <laughs> it's a Kanye song, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the $6 million man. Sharper, betterer, smoother. <laughs> no, is that too old no, of a reference? Good. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're older than we are. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, anyway, no, you don't stop 60. buying tools. That's crazy. No. Uh, Dan, would you like to read this next question? Yes, it's from Eli Williams of E Williams 03 on IG, I believe. Working on a workbench and thinking of using three-quarter inch birch or MDF, what factors should I consider in making my decision? Cost, longevity, etc. Michael, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I don't like MDF for many things. Uh, if it's a if for MDF, if you're going to w- be working on it and actively moving things around on it and hitting things on it, it's not your best app uh, best option. If you're going to have like a, a fi- if you're going to build a fixture. MDF is a good option um, if it's going to be something that isn't going to be beat on or hit or have tools sliding across it. MDF will just fall apart. Um, you know, it just doesn't work. It's just not for that. If you want it to last longer and be more durable, which is probably really what you want, especially for a workbench because you're going to be working <clears throat> on it, uh, you really should go with the three-quarter inch birch. 
And you don't have to go with birch. And you can get like um, grade 2A, I think, or A2 is what they call it, like the lower quality, which has more voids in it. It doesn't matter if you have some more voids in your plywood for a workbench. Mm-hmm. It's just totally not important. Um, it, if you want to have the highest quality A1 birch, that's great. That's your call, and you can you can do whatever you want, but you can find better deals on birch. Look for sales or whatever, and I really don't recommend for a workbench that you use MDF. Um, maybe if you're going to have a shelf down below your workbench, uh, you could probably use MDF for that. And if you get some nice joists across there to hold it up, cause that stuff will sag, um, you'll be good. You can throw a bunch of tools on there and let it be a holder place for stuff. But if you're working on it, I just, I just don't recommend MDF ever. Dan, you nailed it, buddy. Yeah. Um, I, I have MDF on my workbench as a shelf, like under the actual work surface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Mike nailed it. I mean, if you're going to be working on it, MDF is terrible. Yeah. Try to get something more durable. Even the cheap plywood, like you recommended, is, they is have, a better option than MDF. They have that um, at the, the orange store. They have that radi- radiata pine. Yeah. That stuff's super cheap. And it looks the ply on that looks pretty decent, I think. Yeah, I mean, actually, I was going to say that I built all the innards and drawers of my workbench out of that. And it's like yeah. $25 a sheet or something it's like that. Che- yeah, it's relatively cheap. Yeah, and it's held up great. It's yeah. only held together with glue and uh, brad nails. Yeah. What do you Pete? think, Pete? I disagree. <laughs> you son <Sorry>. of a... <laughs> he, I like but, to find my but here's MDF why. used. Uh, yeah, you get, <laughs> the key is you get rustic MDF. Rustic and... MDF. <laughs> Refinish it. Another show title. <laughs> rustic MDF. <laughs> That's actually the winner. <laughs> Oh God! Birds eye pine, <laughs> stupid. No, but here's uh, so here's the thing. Yes, maple is a great top, but make your own like maple or um, not maple. Uh, what did he say? So, well, birch. Maple uh, birch. No, yeah, like I because I have maple plywood here. That's why. Oh, uh, yeah, Lex. Well, my lumberyard's sick. He's yeah, going all out. No, but uh, d- sandwich it. Give it some rigidity. It's a great thing to provide rigidity. It's pretty sturdy as long as you don't try to like snap it in half, but it it's pretty solid. So put the plywood on top, put the MDF below it. And if you want to go crazy, put the plywood below, below that and just make a sandwich. It'll give you a lot of rigidity. And the thicker you can make that top, the more stable it's going to be and less movement you're going to have. Uh, so I would say use it as like an extra little bit of support that's Let's be real. MDF is way cheaper than plywood. If you want to do that, we actually just did that with Jake's uh, workbench. He got two sheets of uh, nice plywood for the top and the shelf, and then threw an extra layer of MDF in there and glued it together. And now it's he's got a solid top. So I think it's good as a supplemental thing. I would not use it alone for that. I think Mike, didn't you make a, the micro jig? thing with it and it just like i did it was apart. terrible it's garbage yeah it fell completely apart. I mean, it's actually wor- it, it works now but I, um and i elaborate on the micro jig make... thing what's that <laughs> elaborate on the micro jig thing oh yeah oh yeah so i have i use the mat match fit system and i have these uh i, I have a piece of wood that's mdf <laughs> that i attach to my workbench and i use it mostly for sanding for holding things down essentially it replaces dog holes and hold fast for me on my workbench uh, which I can't use on my workbench because I have a torsion top. Um, well, I, you could on a torsion top, but the way mine's set 40s. up, you can't. So um, mine has the match fit dovetail clamps in it, and that holds it down. Well, that requires a lot. It gets beat up because I'm I'm clamping things to it, and they have pretty sharp edges on the dovetails on the inside angle. And 
the side to side jostling of the clamps actually destroys that edge. So it's just falling apart. The other one that I made is made out of hickory. I really wouldn't even recommend three quarter ply for using it for such a small piece. Um, it just, it just isn't going to hold up. You really do need to use a solid piece of wood in my opinion, but yeah, it works. It works. Uh, you know, it does not work. <laughs> the MDF does not work. <laughs> it's just not for that. Um, it was more of a prototype than anything. I kind of knew it wasn't going to work when I did it. And now there's the proof is in the pudding. It does not work. It does not hold up. And it's just not good for that. It's not good for anything. You're going to be, <clears throat> uh, beating up really. Yeah. Eh, no. All right. Well, that's the no. That I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, listen, MDF has a place. Yeah. And sure. you know, it is as an extra support. Or for example, uh, if you're paint my it. buddy Glenn Guarino makes he makes beautiful, stunning studio furniture. He is a master craftsman that's been doing this for fifty plus years. He uses MDF on a lot of projects, and what he does is he puts like a nice, beautiful walnut veneer over it because it's stupid stable. It will yeah. not move. And it looks stunning, you know, so it has a place, just not, <laughs> not as a, as a main top. And if you do use it as a main top, seal it, seal it in some way because it actually absorbs humidity uh, and it gets all rough and it's crappy. So put it, put some shellac or poly over it or something like that. Whatever's at the bottom of a can. <laughs> um. That's the end of that question about MDF. Yeah. Um, so um, this next question is from Isaiah Dreis. Dreis? Dreis. Yeah, Isaiah Dreis. He's on. Dry he's, ice. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's uh, Trail Custom Woodworks on Instagram. Talk to him on Instagram. He's a nice guy. Uh, he says, hey, Mike, I've got a question for you and the guys on the pod. Just wondering what your guys' go-to tape measure is. I... Love the fast cap ones. I have like five of them in my shop. Um, they're super cheap. You can write measurements on the side of them. They have like a little spot where you can write your pencil <clears> marks <throat> on there. And uh, I have like, uh, yeah, they're great. They have a little white circle on them. They're like seven bucks, Dan. I bought like four of them. They're so cheap. And they're Let's 25. Down. That's a little what? bit out of my price range. Okay, get out of here. You're rolling around with your Milwaukee $35. dollars <laughs> 25 Um um, yeah, they're 25 foot tape measure, which, you know, I never need in woodworking, but whatever it has that, that's nice. Um, but yeah, it's got a little white circle on it where you can write your measurements on. So you don't forget it. And it just erases off with a pencil, which I love. And then they have yeah. another tape measure that I bought of theirs. That's, um, it's perfectly flat. So when you're laying it across stock, it's flat. You can just run it along there. It's really nice for measuring down long pieces of wood and it's flat. So I have a couple of those and I have three or four of the uh, ones that you can write on the side. So, and I keep them on my apron. I keep them, I just keep them all over the shop because I can never remember where I put my tape measure and they're so cheap. I just bought a bunch of them at once and just keep them spread throughout. So fast cap, Dan, I actually have a craftsman tape measure, a 16 footer. I'm legit shocked. You don't have a Milwaukee tape. Here's why (laughs) I couldn't find a Milwaukee one at, uh, Oh, there we go. (laughs) Yes. At Menards. (laughs) I couldn't find a Milwaukee tape measure at Menards because I don't carry Milwaukee. So I bought a Craftsman because it's red. That's why I bought it. And it's in the background of my shot. So people just assume it's Milwaukee. How terrible is that? <laughs> That's rude. Everyone would just assume. I'm currently oh, looking oh, at it's the red. Must be Woodpecker. Milwaukee tape measure. What about you, Pete? It's $27 for a Milwaukee tape measure on Amazon. <laughs> That's a hard oof from me. That's insane. <laughs> That's a little much. It is that Milwaukee. Thing be three too. tape measures. <laughs> if you want to send me a Christmas gift, I know what I'm getting you for sure. Yeah, a fast cap, a, a seven dollar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what about you? As long as it's red. <laughs> uh, 
for me, it's the, uh, it's, they're literally everywhere around my shop. It's the 12, uh, 12 inch, <laughs> 12 foot, uh, Stanley's, the metal Stanley's. I don't like a plastic tape measure. I like it to have a little weight to it. Um, and for when you want to throw like it the, across the shop because you're mad. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> and I now have three of these 12 footers and it's like, it's just the perfect length. It's got a good weight to it. Uh, I feel like if I need to measure anything in a shop, I'm never going to go over 12 feet unless I'm measuring something massive. Then I just grab one of the big, big Stanley's I have. Plus one of my favorite features that a lot of tape measures have that not a lot of people know about is if you look at the bottom back of the tape measure, it actually gives you the the length of the tape measure. So when you're measuring something, you can butt it up from like, let's say you're measuring the inside of a window frame. You go from one end and you butt up the back of the tape measure and you just add the, in this case, it's two inches. So just add two inches to your measurement and you have your measurement. A lot of people tend to like bend it and try to get it into that corner. You don't need to do it with these. The so fast caps nice. don't have that, yeah. That well, yeah, nice that's feature. a nice feature. I would like to point well, out that that- This was 750, so that's why. <laughs> that feature is good for like framing and stuff. Not mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm. for precision woodworking. Yeah, it's probably not accurate. Nay, nay. Yeah, but for, you know, if you got to do stuff around the house, that's nice. But honestly, one of my favorite ones that I use a lot is this, but it's a three foot. It's like a keychain. And I wish they just, but it I could, costs I could totally more Pete carrying than a this one. Tape around, <laughs> Guys, I'll measure it. I got this. <laughs> I use it in, like, when we're doing shipping, it's by our, like, shipping yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. so quick to measure. And I'm like, honestly, that's all I would need for a lot of because I like having one in like every corner of the shop, and I would just leave them by like the CNC station or by the table saw. Because when are you measuring over that? I need to see the if table saw. Fast Cap has a short like twelve foot one because those would be good to keep around the shop. Twenty five foot is so big. It's, it's a like, good weight. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. I just have to share this. I I got a visual of Pete walking around with a, a three foot <laughs> tape measure hanging <laughs> off his his little clip. He's wearing Crocs. He's wearing. <laughs> Cargo shorts. A fedora. <laughs> yeah. Well, aside from the Crocs, this is standard shop clothing. I'm sorry. Go on. Fedora keeps the dust out of my ass. <laughs> hey, don't don't hate on fedoras. Oh, gosh. Oh, you fedork. I mean, we're at one hour and six minutes. Do we want to read this next one? Good it's gonna, I'll read it. It'll be yep. quick. Yeah. This is from Todd Cameron. He's Todd, Todd Camo 10 on IG. If you three had to do a shop swap, whose oh, shop would you want to swap with and why? Man, this is an episode. That Pete. sounds like a reality TV show. <laughs> yeah, it sounds miserable to me. Uh, <laughs> are, is he talking about shopping between the three of us or, or not shopping? Swapping oh. between the three of us or oh, from anybody? I thought he meant just like overall. I, I, I took it as between the three of us. Who's because oh. I guarantee you we're all going to go, I want Mike's shop. I do too. Is that an option? No. <laughs> you have to have Pete shop. I do. I want Pete shop because I like to, my lungs to, to work later on. Yeah, I like Dan's. Now, can we bring our tools with us? That's what I'm wondering. No, I think it's like literally like no. It's like we, it's like that show we, Wife Swap. You can't bring your wife with you. <laughs> so do the wives stay behind and just <laughs> show Wife Swap? Wife swap. Oh, now, man. what if you can swap with anyone out there? Yeah, Anyone? let's go with that. that Frank Howarth, hands down. Frank Howarth. Ooh. Hands Ooh. down. No question about it. Frank Howarth has like the my favorite, my dream shop. I'm going to go with Jay Katz, Jonathan Katz. I like his yeah, shop. Yeah, he's pretty sick. Mm. I, I'm going to go with uh, Spags, the Wood Whisperer. I, I like a – yeah, I think it's because it's a nice size. 
it feels like cozy, but still has room for everything. You need to go look up Frank Howarth right now. I know you don't know who that is. Because you, your answer would be Frank Howarth. You need to or look up Frank Howarth. <laughs> April. April Wilkerson. Right. That's oh, true. Wait, wait. No, I do know. <laughs> okay, I, right. I do know that up. April. April's shop. You're right. Frank Frank's is incredible, though. But yeah, April's is, is sick for sure. Um, but I think that's kind of it for the show, right? Yeah, I think it's got to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like I'm still sticking to it. I'm going with the Wood Whisperer shop. Really? I don't know. I find it very cozy. Like it's like it. Oh, it man. seems like the place I would want to hang out in all the time. Like I don't know. I want to hang out weird. in my shop all the time. I mean, so, I hang out in my shop all the time already. <laughs> I, just, I love my shop. I just, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> it's it's one forty nine Eastern Standard Time. It's nap time. <laughs> He's so oh, sleepy. Siesta. Cerveza shirt on. All right. Well, let's just wrap, ribbity wrap this one up then. Um, and Dan, uh, do we actually announce the winner of last week? Oh no, we didn't. Away? We got to do that. Oh my we god! Did a, hey, hey, we did hey, a story, hey. you chump. I <laughs> <laughs> did a story. We and the winner nice. of the week two giveaway, I announced it in a story. Pete's right. Was Brandon from B Folk Handmade on IG? Congratulations, awesome. Brandon! Congrats, man. That's awesome. You're going to be that, getting a dust mask. A, trend a dust stealth. mask. Trendstealth air nice. mask. It legitimately looks nice. I yeah. I'm always on the search for a dust mask that works that isn't as big as the 3M. You know, I have to use the 3M just because I got I got the the beard and the glasses. So it's, you to, need the you need the one that um, they use for turning, where like it's your whole head, the whole face and then you got the little the little fan the in the back. Breather. It, it looks like <laughs> a spacesuit. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, or geez. not Andy, uh, Ashley. Harwood uses Yeah, Harwood. actually Harwood. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying for. Yep. Yeah. Um congratulations, man, on the win. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, we'll um, get your info. Yep, we'll get it from you. We'll get it over to Macbeth so you can get that over. Uh guys, thank you so much for listening. Um this week we uh you know, we really appreciate everything you guys do for us. We really appreciate all the support. We really appreciate the listening. We really appreciate the engagement. We just love it so much. We love doing the yeah. show. I know the three of us love it so much. We talk about it all week. We talk, you know, me, Pete, and Dan, we literally talk a lot during the week every day we talk a bunch every single Um, day correction mike and pete talk a lot and i look at my phone going god don't they have shut up head (laughs) (laughs) uh you know we've all become really close through this we really enjoy doing it we really love that we get to do it so thank you so much uh we will need voicemails for next week so please Mm -hmm. get your voicemails in uh you can call in to the google voice number which is 754 call awp or it is also known as Nope. Oh, okay. And the best way to do it, though, is to just record a voice memo on your uh, your phone's app and then email it to anotherwoodshoppodcast at gmail.com. You can also write in questions to that e- email or you can DM them on the Instagram or on the podcast Instagram account, which is another Woodshop podcast. And, uh, you know, reviews, we still need reviews. They really do help us a lot. Uh, we hit a pretty, really a pretty significant number of, uh, confirmed listeners this week. And we've got about 10% of you have done reviews, which is really actually pretty incredible, but, uh, it's not good enough. So why don't you step up your game a bit? <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, listeners. <laughs> no, it really is amazing how, how, how supportive you guys are. If you could help us with reviews it'd be just so amazing uh five star only that's the only button that works mm-hmm. on our uh on our weird. page there so we really so appreciate weird. your help there and i guess that's kind of it right guys that's it did i miss anything I think that's did i screw it. up anything did i flub anything oh maybe we should mention mention that you have until next friday the yes yes should. uh that would be the 10th 
10th? Yeah. So in the morning on the 10th of July, you have to enter this. Um, I wish we could get the word out sooner, but this podcast will go live. It'll be the fifth when this is live in the evening. So you'll get about uh, five days again to uh, to get entered on the podcast. So that's still plenty of time. To get yeah, that's plenty of time. Most most people are listening in the first day or so. So um, thank you again, guys. Thank you to the sponsors, uh, Bear Hollow and Macbeth. And uh, man, thank you, you guys. I love doing this with you guys. You guys are the best. I love you so, too as well. All right. Even you, Pete. I know I give you a hard time, but I love you, man. Yay, I'm loved. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for everything, and love you long time. Bye. Love you long time. Bye. Love you long time. What's up, my bitch?